just a savage love. They're getting a savage love. All right, welcome everybody. We've got two special guests today. We have Dr. Kang D. Lai, Doctor of Physical Therapy, and we've got guests you've seen before, Peter Huynh over here. It's the Dream Team. We've got 90% um, of Posture Camp in the house. Uh, just say what's up, guys. Introduce yourself at your own leisure to the audience. What's up, everybody? My name is Kang. Um, just recently graduated from physical therapy school back in August. Well, back in May, got my license in August and nice. been working ever since. And that's about it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's about it. Well, we're going to dig yeah. deeper into that in a little bit. And um, Peter, just introduce yourself real quick, even though the audience kind of knows who you are. Yeah, man, I'm Peter. I like to like meet people and I don't know and make shit happen. And yeah, I'm a caveman. What's up, bros? <laughs> All right, so we get we got a caveman in the house, and a king king kind of looks more like a caveman with his hair. Um, little do you guys know, I used I had my hair like that not too long with the COVID hair. You know, I think oh uh, okay everybody. No, I, I, no, I was growing this out before COVID though. Oh, so, were you? Okay, I mean, so you yeah, were, yeah. Uh, you you were ahead of the times, really. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey man, let me um. You know, like, I don't prepare for these things at all. I kind of just wing it. So I, I don't, like, have a, a list of questions prepared. Some, sometimes that could be a horrible thing. But for me, it just that's just the way things go today. The uh, Kang, I don't know if, like, how much you really know about the show. But my whole basis for the show is, like, 37-year-old man thinks he might have Asperger's or autism. And he decided to make a podcast. So... The show, the, oh, the, whole, I see. the whole impetus behind the show is a little bit r random and doesn't make sense. So, any, anyways, I I wanted to talk to you about your hair because like, I I was I was stalking you on Facebook, really good looking at. Oh, your, you were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was look, right. I was looking at your pictures, man, and you know we, we not that we have like exact same background, but we in certain ways we followed us like you used to be like a lot more jacked, and you 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 shared that story with me, you know. Yeah, like, yeah We yeah, both yeah. kind of like ditched like strength training and, and more functional um yeah yeah you, yeah. you definitely went definitely. De deeper and you went to school for it but i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the hair right like, all yeah, right like you let's used, talk about it let's yeah talk like about you it. used to have just you know asian haircut like you know buzz or, or spike mm -hmm. or whatever and now yeah you're, like you got an undercut yeah yeah so now you're here i'm more interested in that story right now let's lead with that story like where how yeah how's your hair evolved over the years and and more importantly why I mean, like, honestly, when I was growing up, I just had, that's how I had, like, bus cut and, like, you know, really short haircut. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I grew it out a little bit in junior high, but I don't know. I guess under the pressure of my parents, they just, like, cut it off. And like, all right, I'll cut it off. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I'm, I'm starting to discover things on my own a little bit. And then I figure, like, heck, man, I, I want long hair. Why not just grow it out? You know, it's not... It's, for guys, long hair is not usually um, of like a path that you know guys usually explore. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I see, I I feel like that's a value. Uh, it's not a value. It's just it's just something that I I want to try to see what what it looks like. And honestly, like after a few months of growing out my hair, I was like, hey, I like the look. <laughs> uh, you know, I think like there's a lot of style that can be done with it. Um, as opposed to like a bus cut or like another cut. It's just like one go. You can't really yeah man, do anything over it. Yeah, no, it it's 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 interesting man that like i i knew there was like a meaningful story behind that there you know i like i'm hearing there there's a few reasons you know 
A, it's just like you never had the option because the parents would always like cut it off. So there's like a little bit of the rebellious nature. And then you actually found out you, you liked it. Um, and, and like, like, I think you even mentioned this, like just the, um, the possibilities, right? Like, like my hair is kind of short right now, but when it was longer, it was like, I could slick it back. I could, you know, part it, I could still spike oh, it yeah. up if I wanted to. There's a lot so, of style you can do with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. And last but not least, you know, like now is like the age of K-pop. Everybody wants to look like a Korean pop star. You All know right. What I so mean? I'll, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't mean to look like a K-pop star, but a lot of people <laughs> told me that I'm starting to grow it out. Because at first, when I started growing my hair, I started look like, um, what's it, Peter Parker from Spider-Man 3. I had that hair. People mm -hmm. told me I look like that. And then and then people told me I look like Justin Bieber. And then, and, and now it's like K-pop or like, like I think when I my hair grow out to my shoulder, that's probably people told me like I have metal hair or something. But no, I, I didn't intend to look like yeah, that. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, grow it out and take care of it as best as I could, yeah. you know, because honestly, like, I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like for some reason, the hair on your head was, it, it, it was meant to be, you know, like it, I never feel right cutting it off, to be honest with you, like, I, I know exactly, you know, I mean, how that, 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 that's just I know my exactly point of view. how you feel, yeah. yeah, but that's just my point of view, you know, like, yeah, yeah I mean, in this day, day and age, you know, like, guys with like buzz cut short haircuts is considered considered to be more masculine or like you know more professional but you no know, for me like hair is you know a hair is part of yourself you know i feel like you should embrace it and take care of it and um i i, I like that man. i i yeah. mean i i can relate yeah. i mean you uh it's nice hearing that but you you almost don't even have to explain it to me um like i've gone through that stage i I, I might go through that stage once a year. I go through the, the my hair evolves once a year. I'll grow it out, cut it off short, grow it out again. Um, it like I'm I'm hearing like yeah, you kind of, you know, we we experience like similar emotions in a way in that like, like I'm I'm look I'm sitting here trying to do like a professional podcast without a shirt on, and it's not, and and I'm not completely ignorant to the fact that like hey man, if you want to have a more professional podcast maybe you want to put on a shirt for me there's a, a a deeper meaning behind that as well where um i don't know if i've explained this to, to either of you guys like my first career out of college was real estate commercial real estate and mm -hmm. and then uh so as a 23 year old for the next five or six years of my life i was putting on a suit and tie every day of my life and i'm i'm really one of the well a I think I actually do have this 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 Asperger's autism condition. So for me, like in my mind has always been very practical. So when things are not practical, I'm like I always have to just like think about, you know, I'm like what is like for for my whole life, I'm like what is the meaning of a tie? Like I don't like it just the the decoration. I ended up getting really good at tying a Windsor knot. Like when I do something, I try to specialize in it and then I really I kind of try to enjoy it in a way like I would go and I would shop for ties and I still have like a plethora of ties in my closet because I'm these are like even though even though man like 10 years ago I said I will never wear a tie again um, not not the same as you like growing your hair out but it's almost like I was forced to do something for so long for a reason I couldn't even like it didn't make sense to me like it made sense to me but i didn't want to do it i felt like it was so superficial i'm like what You're not going to respect me if i don't wear a tie and anyways um 
So I still have the ties in my closet in, in the sense that like the, the, this like artwork for me, you know, like I bought them because I thought they looked pretty. Right. And I kind of ended up enjoying it in a way like I would match my ties to my clothes. But the whole like the whole um, having to wear a, a mask, so to speak, at work every day, like I had to pretend to be this guy you know pretend you know wear the suit and tie and it's like i'm not going to get respected if i don't wear the right suit or, or tie and now you see me now kind of being the real me whether i'm mm -hmm. growing, whether i'm growing out my hair long like that's who i want to be or whether i shave it all off that's who i want to be i want to wear mm -hmm. a shirt want to wear a shirt don't want to wear a shirt tie no tie this is um is it me not wearing a shirt a it, it's because I'm comfortable. Like I, I just roll around in, in my boxers at home, or I'm just wearing some sweatpants. I don't wear wear a shirt ever inside the house. Um, only when I have to go outside. Even if I'm going outside, I don't have to wear a shirt. Like if I'm going to the store, I'll wear it. Right? It's it's by law, and some or they'll kick you out. I don't want to cause trouble. Right? But f it, it it's as much I'm comfortable, and this is you know like it it, it is a lot like. PTSD, like I don't want to be forced to do something just for the audience anymore, kind of mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's just it's a me rebelling against society in a way. Uh, on the other hand, this is just like my natural state of being. Like I'm, I kind of just want want to be like, well, this is me at home. You know, other people get to work from home and and they go on Zoom, whatever they're wearing. Well, this is what I was mm -hmm. already wearing. I'm not. It's not like I'm taking off the shirt for camera. It's just my not like maybe if I was really out of shape and fat like I used to be like I wouldn't be doing this because like I'm like, well, I'm still kind of like embarrassed and ashamed of how I look. But um, but other than that, this is my natural state of being on top of that. I am making a statement that like, hey, man, this is my show. I'm going to run my show the way I want it. Finally, in my life, you know what I'm saying? Like, no more suit and tie. No more putting on the monkey suit and doing the monkey dance because I'm trying to get your business. You know, I'm done, done yeah. with all of that. So in, in that sense, I, I relate a lot to, you know, where, where you're coming from and you just wanting finally, you know, no mom and dad, I'm not going to cut my hair how you want it. Uh, I'm going to explore, you know, my, my own style now and, and you know what? Fuck what everyone else thinks. Long hair is for girls. Fuck you guys. I think this is artistic. I'm going to do it my own way. And I'm glad I asked you because, you know, some some things there's a deep story behind it. Maybe some things there aren't. But uh, th those are the kind of stories that, like, I, I like to um, ask people about um, if you're, we're trying to get to know each other, you know? Yeah, I find, like, once you start to kind of, like, think for yourself and like figure out what what worked best for you you start to develop more confidence and actually like you know confidence i mean for yeah for me as a therapist it, here's the thing about me as a therapist like i like to know i like to have confidence in what i'm telling patient and also know exactly that it works mm -hmm. right so um for me like you know anybody you you do realize that physical therapy being physical therapist is just um boils down to you, I don't know, you go get your bachelor and then you take a bunch of class and like, you know, get, get some shadowing done and then mm -hmm. you get up to PT school and then you just literally just sit eight hours a day in the class looking like search, looking through PowerPoint and like learn here and then, then you take a test. It's literally just like college, but on like a more extreme scale. Mm -hmm. And then after okay. that, you come out with a degree and there you go. You're a physical therapist. You get you get a degree. You pass these bunch of tests. Yeah. But literally, you just it's it's literally college to a high degree. Yeah. So when you're so when you're a treating patient, uh -huh. like, like how how realistic are those like 
you know, how realistic are the thing you learn in school? How realistic is that? How, you know, how can you apply it to a real person that's sitting right in front of you? Mm -hmm. and, and the thing I realized is that 90% of my work as a physical therapist mm -hmm. is more about people's skill. Like the stuff in school, yeah, sure, you know. That's amazing, amazing yeah, insight, you, you, yeah. yeah, you can spell like a bunch of textbook nonsense to your the textbook into your patient and they're like, okay, I, I don't know what, I don't know what, you, what you're trying to do or I don't know what you're, what, what, I don't know what you're getting at, it's you know, crazy. so. It's crazy, man. So, um, well, let me kind of uh, springboard off that idea that you just said. So did you have those social skills or, or did you have experiences in school, in, in clubs or, or were, did you, were you kind of like, kind of like surprised and be like, wow. And you kind of learn most of these things uh, on the job as you go or a little bit of both. I kind of like developed more social skill when I was in PT school. Mm -hmm. And also I developed um, the skill also on the job in my clinical rotation. Um, because honestly, like I feel more confidence as a, my physical therapy skill because I actually do it um, every, daily. Like I actually stretch daily and actually try to work out daily mm -hmm. too. So I kind of like, gauge on how the human body works mm -hmm. and i'm not just i'm not i'm not just a physical therapist that went through school and like just you know dragging through the job and go through the daily routine you know i actually do it and i actually like you know uh try to learn try to learn how the human body actually work rather than just you know you know it's, it's, it's it it's a lot simpler i feel like than than it is um i mean to me my degree is just you, the, the my degree is just literally certi certifying that I've been through, mm -hmm. you know, eight hours of class for three years and just learned a bunch of technical stuff. A little humble there. Yeah. That's not the yeah. easiest thing to do for a human to sit sit through that many years of school. But no, keep keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, no, I yeah. mean that, that that's really about it. That's yeah. like because I I you know I practice the lifestyle for myself. I'm able mm. to have more confidence when I teach okay. patients these things gotcha. because. Because I know they actually work because I've done it myself. Well, let know? me ask you, like, okay, so you, interesting, because I know very little about, like, you know, your, your inter industry per se. I don't, it's not like I'm going around meeting, you know, therapists all day long. So it's very interesting right. for me, actually, to, to hear some of this stuff. Um, so you, you say this in a way to where, like, there are, and uh, obviously you're, you're not going to name names, but you, you say this in a way where, like, you see, other therapists who kind of don't walk the walk because you're, you're saying well i'm a therapist and i'm actually one and you kind of like downplay your your uh schooling which you know we all know that that's actually an important part but you're kind of saying like i'm a therapist i practice this daily i actually walk the walk are you saying there's like a significant portion of of people that went to school and even are doing this that just like kind of like they don't they just kind of teach it but they're not actively practicing it themselves oh yeah i mean i mean i guess my that's for, for everything right yeah that's for everything a few of my colleagues are you know i got a feeling that they're just going through the motion at work you know um i'm not gonna name like i'm not gonna name name yeah, but I, yeah. I have a few i have a i know a few colleagues that just said dude this this stuff is really boring i can't Man. believe i'm doing this for the next like 20 years Fuck. you know and, and then i'm just like i mean then, you know, you're just going through the motion, you know, like, you, like you how, gotta... is there a, is there a time in school, like in maybe the first year where they can like prepare you for what you're getting into? Like, why do you have to like, if 
like, I don't look down on that. I, f I feel sorry for them. They're like, they kind of have no other choice. They invested so many, so much money and so much time and so much resources. And then they, you know, and this is a lot I hear from lawyers actually, but I never hear it from like doctors or therapists. It's, I mean, it's because I feel like a lot of them want to, I feel like a lot of them, like they, they, they feel the, the ego, you know, they go to their school and get their doctor's degree and like their PhD, whatever. And, you know, they, they want to sound, they want to sound important, but mm. honestly, I've been be, being through the, um, no, no, the, all the bureaucracy. I can, the, the only thing I can just say it is, uh, for now, my degree, I just, it's, it's, it's basically, I pay like 150 K dollar for, for that degree. Yeah. And, uh, oh, now I mean, I'm trying to find both. I yeah. mean, like, I, it's um, I'm I'm glad. Don't get me wrong. Are, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I learned a lot, and you know, I, I, I like I like my job. I like uh, helping people to become, you know, improve their quality of life. But um, but, but but you know, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm just trying I'm just trying to say that. No, I, I like, appreciate that because yeah, I, you feel, know. I feel I feel I can only say like my own experience in in the topics <laughs> I learned, but. Um, I, I kind of had a feeling it's similar with like every everything you, you you learn more by by on the job not to say that you shouldn't go to school because obviously like you'll learn some important shit that will save you in the future like you mm -hmm. know like you're not going to injure somebody because some some shit that you learned in school obviously so mm -hmm. um but no I feel like that with, with I mean I I, I always kind of say it more more jokingly but I am serious mostly when I say like like but the knowledge and like the what benefited me in school was learning discipline and the people skills and and just managing my emotions and but none of the actual knowledge i'm like i'm not like pulling from my economics or my philosophy course and applying it to daily life at all it's like the actual knowledge was just like like fuck i could have been i could have been reading bedtime stories really for all you know it was more just it was it was more like like a, a professional daycare, a place to allow me to mature, make sure I don't do dumb shit for four years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 I mean, I don't mean to like downplay the whole physical therapy schooling yeah, because yeah. you know education is still important. Yeah. No, you. I feel like education and you you get education so you don't sound like like a dumbass when you yeah. talk to people right so yeah but that um, doesn't ensure you're not going to still sound like a dumbass no it, it really does not because yeah. like um i mean how, how do i say this i feel like it's much more important um for any for any profession honestly especially in healthcare field to learn about more people skill and mm. learn about um confidence and how to project your body image rather than that's fucking it, crazy, that, man. that yeah. for me that's is more important than the stuff that I learned in school. Yeah, the stuff in theory I learned in school, blah, 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 of human body. You know, the, the, here's the reason why I say that. The, mm -hmm. Why I say that though, because like science, it's very, you, you science, like there's like a whole bunch of the article that come out that say like, uh, for example, how to build muscle, right? Like yeah. the whole bunch, that's like a whole bunch of article that said like you should do eight to 12 reps and there's yeah. an article that you, you said like do six to eight reps. Yeah. Right, I yeah. which which is there a is there a specific uh, rep I should do it that then because like there's a bunch of articles that contradicts each other. Yeah. So then yeah. what 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 should be the the standard? How do we build muscle, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like for some people they, 
you have to experience for yourself because everybody's different. Of course. For yeah. me, the I feel like the most simplest thing, because I've done this myself, for you to build muscle or whatever, it's just see like how many reps you can do at your own pace, at mm. a good form. Mm. Like if you can do six at a good form, maybe it's easy. Maybe do eight next time. Mm-hmm. Like if you can do a good, good form, okay, maybe increase the weight. For me, there's really no set numbers. It all depends on you and like how, what, what your body is telling you, what your eyes is telling you and what your, you know, what your mind is telling you. Mm-hmm. I rely on my instinct more than, you know, than a lot of my uh, schooling that I, that I got, you know. Mm, that's, so. cr- that's crazy to hear, man. And um, on, on that note, you know, I'm, I'm 37 years old and, and even now I'm, uh, I mean, I, I haven't been uh, to the gym since COVID, so it's been at least six or seven months I've, I've picked up a serious weight. But I have this big tractor tire that weighs over 500 pounds. By the way, both of you guys are welcome to come by any time and flip this tractor tire with me. Oh, yeah? Dude, right. oh, please. Not... When? When, man? Oh. Anytime, anytime, man. It, it is the best workout ever because like lifting a, like a 500-pound thing and – it's to, you know, you have leverage when you're lit, but the thing literally weighs over 500 pounds. Like you, you might die. It's like not the safest thing, but, but so you have leverage when you're lifting it and it gets easier because you get better oh. leverage as you get it up. So it just, it's that's bottom, crazy. Dude. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you could think about like the, the, the movements that you go through and, and these are like, these are like, uh, actual movements that you might do in real life and your body's in the good position, you know, even, you know, even like like squat and deadlift mm-hmm. and bench press, mm-hmm. it, your, your body's never really in these positions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. hey, you mm-hmm. might find yourself in a in a position where you one day you might have to lift a tractor tire off somebody. So this is actually like, but you yeah. you, you know you you start you start from a deep squat deadlift position, mm-hmm. right? And so your whole body's engaged. All right, your core's engaged, and then getting it off the ground is the the most force. But the the force gets lighter and lighter. So it's actually kind of a relatively safe activity once you get it off the ground. And then, and then as, as the angles change, I don't even want to know where, what the force is doing. But the thing is, it's like easier. If for some reason, like the neurological thing, you're doing one thing. You're, getting, you're flipping the tire over versus like when you're doing a squat, you're thinking all these different things. So in your brain, it's just hard. Your, your shoulder, your back, your ass, your legs, your knees, like – like for some reason, dude, the flipping this this tire is like, like the best exercise I've ever. And then once you get it here, then it's a chest exercise, and you can get your shoulders in there, and then you push it. Best full body exercise. Like, man, I can't believe I wasn't flipping tires before. Granted, you might be wondering, how did you get a 500 pound tractor tire? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I don't know how much these things would cost if you had to buy them. Probably expensive. And how would you? And the shipping cost. Don't even get me started on the shipping cost. I don't even want to know. Okay, but there was one in in the. Um, we just moved into a new apartment, and then um, in the property manager, we know the property manager. We've been here for seven years. We just moved from a one bedroom to a two bedroom. So we just moved in the same complex, bigger apartment, but the people that moved out in their garage was this big tractor tire. I don't, I don't know them, so I can't ask them what, but there was. So the property manager, he was like, Hey man, can you help me roll this out to the street where I want to throw it away? And then, so as I was helping him roll it out, I'm like, wait, you're going to throw this away. He's like, yeah. I was like, is it possible I keep this and just leave it on the side of the property? He was like, all right, sure. He was like, why? I was like, I think I could work out with this. And 
Oh, I'm so glad I kept it, King. You gotta come over and just yeah. Probably I need, yeah. I need I need probably need guests on my strength bag, yo. Yeah, like, I've been doing man. too much mobility, you know. What yeah, I'm man, you guys oh. you guys will fall in love with this thing. Like for me, like four or five flips, you go one way, and then you and that's the whole the driveway. And we have a lot of space too. I'm lucky to have this big apartment property that that like nobody's ever here in a big driveway. So like four or five flips and it's already down the whole driveway and then and then I gotta take a break. Four or five flips yeah. four or five flips the other way and I'm done, man. Like I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna overwork myself. I'm gonna work up I mean, yeah, you could kill yourself and go all day long, but but man, it yeah, it's a different story. Like I'm I, I almost like yeah, like we gotta put this in the program somehow. <laughs> like this is tire flipping for real. Oh, do you mean into the partial program? Yeah, just in. in oh, yeah, it could probably work. I mean, yeah. like in a in the no, I'm not gonna like start them out here, you know. But but in the like, you know how our our vision is to like, um, we we lead with posture always, right? But eventually, you know, we want to be maybe a competitor to CrossFit in some other small boutique options, right? Hmm. Um, okay. So we we lead with posture, but eventually this can be like a sprawling fitness organization um i mean i i always think big man i i want to be like the crossfit killer like this is oh yeah like, baby like, let's pop, go baby like in my in my mind the final vision is like is kind of like what crossfit was supposed to be you know crossfit had a lot of um potential but but i i don't i see i'm i'm i i did crossfit for a few months and I'm a real big fan of it. I, I never got injured myself, you know, but, but I always knew that that was the big quote-unquote knock on CrossFit. And, and here's the thing, like CrossFit in essence won't, won't allow you to get injured. It's that like they just grow, grew so big so fast and, and, and the, the quality of it got, got diluted that there were some maybe bad coaches because they didn't give a fuck. They said, well, if you can pay the $300 a year, licensing fee bro open up a crossfit next to the other crossfit fine and then and you can see easily how you know if you're doing a let's just say squat right if you're doing a squat oh see the thing with crossfit is that like uh what is their goal really like what is the end goal is to get fit and lose weight right so so they can give you that goal right through their programming Right. They can say, well, yeah, anybody does a thousand squats, they're going to fucking lose weight. Right. But but if you think about if you're doing a, a thousand squats with bad form and bad posture, like like something might break eventually. Right. You, you, you may do this and nothing will ever break. Right. But but the uh, like, you know, Kang, you and I know what the FMS is. Our audience won't functional movement screen. But the FMS is a seven movement screen where where anyone do uh, any personal trainer or therapist doing this screen will immediately know what what is potential to break in your body right if you have some instability mm -hmm. doing a plank well we we might not want you to be doing squats if you can't like lift your arm off the ground or if you're you're squatting and we see some some shakiness we're like whoa whoa this guy's got some shit wrong somewhere in his chain we're going to want to fix that first before we do any type of loaded movement right 
Now, CrossFit, yeah. they don't do any kind of screen. Like, yeah, a good coach is going to focus on form and posture, but just because it looks like you're doing the squat right, and I'm speaking from experience, man, I could show you a perfect squat, but I myself know that like I'm not breathing right or I'm not tightening my core the right way because now I, I know what, what I'm doing it right. Like I can fake it and I can show you a perfect squat. I can show you a perfect deadlift. I can show you a perfect bench press. But if I'm not breathing right, if I'm not bracing right, it's not a right squat. It's not a right bench press. Okay. And if you're doing a thousand of those repetitions, like it's, it's high risk of injury. And that's why people did get injured doing CrossFit. And I think that's where they lost the potential and what they could have been. And now it's unsalvageable. It was unsalvageable. Hey, uh, Omar? Yeah. Um, I just Googled the rate of injuries for CrossFit. Yeah. And it's not it's not the worst. You know, like I think here it says here that they got two to three point five injuries per one thousand hours of training. And it says here lower than more traditional forms of training. So I mean, you know, like I see where you're going with this, but um the stat for it is that Yeah, and I'm not I'm not sitting here knocking CrossFit. What I am saying is I think we can do a lot better than three and a half percent. I think we can okay aim for zero percent the Damn. whole the whole point of posture camp mm. is to aim for zero percent injury like mm. look Damn. if we if we go from three percent to one and a half percent like yeah. we, we're we're 100 we double tripled what what they're doing so mm. yeah like what they're doing is better than all you're saying to me is what they're doing is better than what people are doing on their own right people are mm. going to injure themselves on their own if they're mm. training with a coach hopefully that's mm better than what they're doing on their own and hopefully what we aim to do with posture camp can far be better than three and a half percent per thousand hours mm. you know that three you know what that doesn't even impress me man three and a half percent per thousand hours means like one like you're getting injured once once a year i even think that's too much okay mm. so what um what kind of what kind of workout do you envision posture camp to kind of have just just a little bit curious why well, um, i mean it's an easy question for me to answer because i have um athletic training background i used to work at a gym that trained professional athletes so i can i can easily train an athlete and give any athlete the best workout they've ever experienced maybe even with just their own body weight and i have a fucking tire no one can compete with that. i'm kidding but um no uh so i know how to take an athlete to his limit and i know how to and you don't want to break an athlete like a lot of these athletes will go through the program no like no no sweat broken so you for athletes you're constantly changing the program for regular people you don't have to change the program that much you know when people adapt you can change the program but um, let me let me give you a rundown of the overview since you asked like uh let's say posture aside let's say i'm taking someone that doesn't have any functional issues uh but everybody will so Here's a program from start to finish, right? You come in the gym um, and like the workout will be an hour. So, but before the hour starts, you have everyone doing their personal correctives, right? Like, like some people might need to roll out their, their chest more than so. So I would say uh, everyone has their personal correctives that before class starts, um, you do your kind of personal stuff. Like, like I might have lower back stuff. This guy might have hamstring. This guy might have glutes. So, so in that sense, you uh, you want to personalize it a little bit, it, even if you're in a classroom setting, they can do. So you start with your personal correctives, all right, and um, even warm up, right? Like I like I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to working out. Even like after I left the gym, I tried to learn more 
but um you know even this is most of the stuff i learned from the gym like even like warm-ups we just think warm-up is warm-up right like like before i i got my professional gym experience i would think that hey did peter just leave no wait sorry am i, am I? wait you I'm fucked here. up you fucked up my screen oh dude wow <laughs> my bad sorry can y'all yeah. still see me uh man you i don't know why did you do that peter i have to uh yeah, sorry, uh, dude. No, forget it. I just, man, you guys, you switch. Whatever, you guys are just gonna be sideways for now. I don't want to fix that. Wait, just wait. Wanna... Let, me, let me. Uh. No, no, you can't. Just... No, you can't do anything right now. I have to fix wait. it on my screen. Just stay put. Oh. Anyways, okay. so I'm gonna explain to King the program that I have in mind because I, it's just like, I don't want to say I copied, but like the the model is good. It's, it's just sports performance training, kind of, kind of a uh, saturated dumbed down for the normal person like you can't put a normal person through and through what an athlete does but you can lower the volume lower the intensity and that they're still getting the benefits of of our knowledge right so so let's talk about warm-up i i i focus a lot on the warm-up because when i was just a meathead and i thought warm-up was oh just get on the stair stepper for 10 15 minutes warm-up i mean for most people that's enough right but even warm-up we break it down into three stages right we have the general warm-up the dynamic warm-up and the specific warm-up and um and the warm-up will be about anywhere five to ten minutes depending on how fast they move through it so you even you you can even um tailor the warm-up like once they move through it fast it'll be get done in five minutes but it, the first time they do the warm-up it'll take 15 minutes all right the general warm-up is what we're all familiar with it's like okay we're just getting the heart pumping you know we're just you know light jog do do some karaoke's whatever i don't want to get get into the details but the general warm-up is just stuff that you're you're used to getting the heart rate up um and then if it's like a, a upper body day you're gonna do maybe more upper body stuff but this is just you know two to three minutes of general warm-up stuff dynamic warm-up is um kind of like you know when you're doing like frankenstein kicks or, or you just hold the stretch for a brief moment um so you, you educate them that static stretching is not good if you're going to do some kind of um hard intense movement you know you don't want your muscles to be all stretchy and elastic you just want to give it um, just get the blood moving get you know let the muscle know activate it a little bit you know so you, then you do your dynamic warm-ups for two to three minutes um, and then the specific warm-up is where you kind of up the intensity like if you're doing squats that day your specific warm-up will be maybe some body weight squats uh, maybe you go quarter squat half squat full squat mm -hmm. maybe you do some jumps where squat jumps so the specific warm-up is where you, you really prime the body for whatever movement that you plan on doing later so that the warm-up you know let's just say 10 minutes right and then in my programming i'm a firm believer in core is done every day okay the bodybuilding strength training mentality is like oh abs are done once a week twice a week right because they're just training muscles to get bigger right but in the functional movement, in the posture camp, in the sports performance mentality, in the everyday life mentality, you're using your core every day. Okay, we're not trying to make our obliques like fucking huge. We're not bodybuilders, okay? So every day you get five minutes of core. And the goal is not to like kill your core. The goal is to just work your core every day. So it starts with 10 minutes of warm-up. And the warm-up is broken down into three stages. Then you have five minutes of core. And then after that, it, that's when the workout begins, you know. So, so let's say beginners take 15, 20 minutes to do the warm-up. That's fine, 
okay? And let's say they take five to 10 minutes to do their core because they just started the, that's fine. The, but the first 30 minutes are, aren't, you haven't even lifted a weight yet. Okay, or maybe for core, you take a med ball and you're throwing it against the wall. That's even more advanced movement, right? That's um, that's like even allowing someone to throw a med ball against the wall. I wouldn't even let them do that because that's a loaded power movement. You want to make sure that they know how to activate their core first. So so I have like beginner cores movements i have intermediate core movements and then the expert core movements is like when you're like throwing shit against the wall you're, you're really using your core to generate power that's what athletes want to do but for like a toddler and a grandma when they're doing core it's just like ho holding plank positions you know um uh, and then like we could do planks forever we could you know we could lift one arm up lift one leg up you know put some pressure on them we can do partner movements where they're pulling on each other. We, you know, we can make it fun however we want. But um, the thing is, is like beginners aren't going to be doing too much uh, other than like your, your normal planks and different plank variations. And then and then when we actually do the programming, like that's when we can get creative and, and, and make up shit. And um, but the programming part, I think, is, is easy uh, it based on who you're dealing with. But it's having the structure of saying you do your correctives first, then you do your warm up. You warm up the right way, you know, and then mm -hmm. you work your core every day. And then we go into the the fun strength stuff, you know, jumping, running, sprinting. And but you teach people the right way so that and I call it posture, quote unquote, camp. Right. Because I'm here to improve people's lives. We're here to improve everybody's quality of life. So I want to teach them in a way that gives them the framework that if they ever leave posture camp, right, they're not addicted to us. They can take what they've learned and they can program themselves. They can go home and say, well, I'm going to do my own shit, but I'm going to start with correctives and I'm going to warm up and do this. And then I'm going to do my core every day. And then I'm going to hit the weights. That's kind of the knowledge that I want to impart on the rest of the world. This is a lot of knowledge that the sports performance world, they keep secret. They don't want to really, they're going to hate that. I'm like, want to give this shit away for free. And maybe, maybe I had to think a long hard about how I wanted to break into the fitness world. Like this idea has been in my head for years, man. But like mm -hmm. a lot of it is like, I want to give a lot of things away for free because right. you know like you know Kang, you were helping me come up with our mission statement and and we we want to improve quality of life for people and and so we we are going to give away a lot for free um not because we're horrible business people but because i think we we want to stay true to to our mission and our vision right mm -hmm. i'll yeah. stop talking man i've been talking way too long uh, the only thing i would add to that is uh aside from the making the program the warm up component i also probably want to emphasize the education like the you know fitness education like how can people maintain you know just try work out every day you know and um oh man yeah absolutely. Oh, man, i think yeah. i think personally for me um like i said i think you can just uh, you know you can tell people stand up straight all day you can tell people you need work out every day mm -hmm. and it's and then in the end you're you know you're preaching to to the choir because you know some people uh, you know, this is sometimes fitness. I, I always tell a lot of my patients, you know, mm -hmm. this is just the physical therapy realms again. I always tell my patient, like, you know, working out shouldn't be a chore. Mm -hmm. You know, working out like you're using your body to, every day, right? So you want to keep it maintained healthy and strong so you're able to do the work that, that you can do. So it shouldn't be a chore. Um, you know, <laughs> when the only then. 
I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like one of the best way, and people like this a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I tell people, well, okay, let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. Do you need motivation to brush your teeth? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> well, sometimes my girlfriend has to remind me to. But <laughs> yeah, but like no, no, I get general, no, I get what you mean. No, no, absolutely you, not. You you inherently know the benefit if you didn't have to experience it with the root canal but like you kind of inherently just know that that's something you need to do yeah yeah so one of my one of my education that i do as a physical therapist i try and instill that sense of responsibility into mm. my patient when it comes to fitness is that you gotta at least move your body every day and for Ooh. some for some people you know especially in america with the obesity rate going up mm-hmm. people lost a lot of lost out of touch with that habit like they they're basically not they're basically not brushing their teeth or something is their Dang, body you know? bro hey, hey peter can you make a note of, i'm going to use this brushing teeth example in our in our course in somewhere in lesson oh. one Brushing um, teeth, okay. Yeah. Brushing teeth. Sure. Uh, Kang, sure. you uh, you actually reminded me. I don't know if it's because we were actually talking to each other about this, or it was me and Alan or Peter. Man, I'm I haven't slept enough. I I get things confused and time confused now. Okay. But I think it was me and Peter were talking about this because I'm I'm thinking hard about lesson one because I actually like I was actually supposed to teach it today, but someone overslept. I'm sorry. <laughs> but. I was I had actually made the decision to to and I'm glad you just reminded me King I was going to put the the mental thing in lesson 1 because I thought about it and exactly what you just said if you don't like I can teach you everything about posture right but if you don't make it part of your consciousness and think about it every day every time you breathe every time you inhale every time you exhale every time you're sitting in your chair like for me like you'll see me like kind of do this every because i i told you king i still have the four you know like forward neck posture i think is someone almost everybody experiences mm-hmm. in their life right and you know i've i've been in a, a, ch- a computer chair looking at a computer screen like almost my whole adult life since i've been in college right and so it's mm-hmm. a hard thing to reverse so you'll you'll see me kind of do this every once in a while just to like kind of try to reverse it while i'm sitting down and that and that actually yes i want to say this in lesson one if not say it in every lesson that like this is not just something you go to class and then you go home and you're gonna get better no you have to live and breathe this for it to work you have to like you know how um buddhists chant daily this is what it kind of has to be you kind of have to like Mm -hmm. chant to yourself daily otherwise because like man it, it really sucks that like you know, bad posture has become subconscious because it, it, you know, the way you breathe, the way you walk, the way you sit, the way you stand, it's like subconscious now. Like you don't, like you're not walking down the street and going left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Well, these days I am because I'll share with you. I have like one of my problems was little to zero glute activation. And as a, maybe as a doctor, you know that the glutes are involved in almost everything you do. So you can kind of imagine like how bad it is for somebody that has zero glute activation. So I literally have to say left glute, right glute, left glute, right glute to myself when I walk. I'm not even joking around, man. And 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 I and I'm very passionate about this stuff to where how how am I going to like literally get somebody to go left glute, right glute le- without like that's what I have to tell them to do. Like like I'm like look, like you, you know, I, I kind of joke and say, oh, well, you know, six packs are sexy, big, like this is, we are selling that. Like I can help 
a whole legion of girls grow their booties, right? But the thing, if they don't have glute activation, no, no amount of squats is going to grow your ass if you're not using your ass when you're squatting, right? So how mm -hmm. am I going to teach you to activate your glutes? You literally have to chant to yourself every step you take for the, until you learn this in your subconscious, man. And so the, and I mean, like I, I, I can overthink things, you know, sometimes we just have to start doing it, but I'm like, how, how do we, how do we program this? How do we get people to actually improve? I don't sometimes it's, uh, it, like I said, it's basically, it's building it into a habit. That's what, and I feel like that's, it should be one of our mission statement. Like that's, so that's kind of like different from other, you know, fitness company is that we you know we're not just teaching fitness, but we're teaching you to build like a healthy habit a healthy lifestyle mm -hmm. so that About you can continue, those you can tell yeah you can continue doing it for like pretty much the rest of your life uh, because like at some point when you i want to i want to say i think omar you know this you know the state that i'm talking about because we've been talking about this uh, since this whole podcast but like there's a state where after a while where you work out your body just automatically wants to work out because it know mm -hmm. like if, if you don't work out for a day you're gonna get weak you're gonna get stiff whatever mm -hmm. for me that's a, that's for me right now like every time i do i try to do stretching i try to do yoga every day not because i'm motivated to it's because my body literally tell me <laughs> dude your body is pretty stiff so maybe you should go out and stretch mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and after a stretch i return to my normal state like of looseness of like um alertness so yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I had a important thing to say um, from that. And I might, maybe I just lost it again. Shit. <laughs> and I haven't smoked weed for like almost three months now. I should have no no problem with my memory. But um, damn, what the fuck was I going to say? Take notes, man. Take notes. Notes are important. Notes are important. Um, yeah. But, oh, no, this is what it was. King, um, in strength training, right? You, you were saying like, yeah, like you kind of get addicted to working out in a way your body, your like after you build it as a habit and you know, we've all heard this, it takes four to six weeks to build a habit, right? Once you start working out every day and it becomes a habit, right? Then your, your body kind of misses it. And so that's the good part. Now, now where, where something like what we're doing, posture camp or whatever you want to call it, functional training, you know, po posture camp is just me trying to do my best to actually like spread functional fitness in into the mainstream because like, look, functional fit, like, you know, like it's been around as a like, quote unquote, fad for a while. But it, it I, I think it failed to go mainstream, even though like every every uh, fitness influencer knows functional training the influencers aren't doing a very good job of spreading functional training. Like everyone's still like, Oh, bench squat, deadlift, bench squat, deadlift. No, no, it's, it's beyond that. It's, um, and no, I'm, I'm not giving them enough credit. A lot of them are doing a good job. Uh, my point is that like for, for whatever reason, people are still just focused on their strength and, and maybe, and I, and I can understand because it's like, okay, it's cool to see your bench press go up. It's cool to see your squat go up, but bit, based off what you were saying, right? Like it, it's way too easy when your, your focus is on your strength to go into the gym and, and use that as your sole measure of, of if you're improving or not. And it's very easy to see your strength go down and to think that you're not, and to think that you're regressing. 
You know what I'm saying? I, I want to try to get rid of that stigma. I want to try to destroy, you know, the, the focus on exactly how much you're lifting. Like, you know, like if you go squat for a year, right? And now you can squat as a, let's say a girl, she can squat 200 pounds, right? And then once you hit a certain strength level, you get like, you get some kind of, I don't know what do I want to call it, but you get fearful of taking the weights off, right? But I, I need people to get comfortable with taking the weights off and relearning a pattern over and over again because even like i'll yep. you know even like I'll, i'm like posture expert over here every year i work out i'll i'll realize well shit man i was doing something or like i i, f I realize a new thing that i wasn't activating and it's like i have to relearn to walk all over again i have to relearn to squat all over again i have to relearn the deadlift relearn the bench press with my new breathing method Okay. Wow. And it, it really sucks having to take the weight down. Like I'm a guy, I used to hit 300 pounds plus on the bench in college and I've never gotten back there. And sometimes I'll get close. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll start benching 275 again and, and hitting multiple. But then I'm like, well, fuck dude, I wasn't activating my obliques. Um, and, and then I've got comfortable with just taking the weights off back to the bar, putting two tens, putting two 25s and just, yeah. just relearning the pattern the right way. And, and so I want to get people comfortable with the fact that like, Hey, every few months we're going to take the weights off and relearn your pattern, you know, be, because of what you said, you know, we, we get addicted to the gym and then we find reasons to go. Right. And that reason is we're getting stronger. And then, and then now we have a number to look at, Oh man, I get stronger. And this is how I measure I'm getting better. So I kind of want to like detach people from the strength part of working out and, and then measure them a different way. You know, I want to, I want to make it fun and game like, and I want, I want to get, I want to get people addicted to improving their posture. Like maybe we, we can have some simple way of measuring their posture every, every couple of months. Like, Hey man, your posture actually got worse. So you're not allowed to lift heavy anymore. You know, like we have some easy objective way. Maybe it's the FMS. Maybe we just all have to learn the FMS and learn how to um, apply it and we give them mm -hmm. an fms once per quarter like once every four months or something like yeah, that. yeah i think that's that will be a really good screen tool because i feel like if you have because fms is not just functional movement it also measure a little bit of uh, mobility and flexibility as well okay yeah yeah so every, you, i remember one of them is you reach and touch your toes right yep yeah it's more than that there's also a lunge component, which you need a lot of mobility and flexibility in order to maintain that or get a perfect score in it. So they maintain a pretty good score. See, the thing is, chances are they have a pretty good score in the FMS. You know, when you screen them, chances are their posture is going to be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but because... I'm, but wouldn't someone score perfect and still have forward head posture, for example? because there's nothing really measuring the head or the neck so that's one that could go unnoticed in the fms right yeah see i it it is a probably a possibility but, um, but no no but in essence what you're saying is true though if they if they blow through the fms most likely they're you know an athlete but even athletes like, even athletes actually have sometimes the worst scores i as i've seen Right. So here's the thing, though. Yeah. So we do the MNS, FNF, but as I told you before, we also got to use our, we also got to use our eyes, of course, and our brain to look at that, to look at that, per to look at that person. Like, let's say they get a perfect score, but you look at them and you actually see that actually have forehead. Yeah. And you know, it's like, well, you might have to score 
So I'm uh, so if I see that, I'm thinking, well, this guy has pretty good mobility and flexibility. I think we just need to like help him with like the uh, habit training now to like activate his muscle to maintain mm-hmm. a good posture at all times. Because right now he has the he has the strength and mobility and flexibility to pass to get a perfect and happiness, but his but his like posture awareness is not quite there yet. So we work on that aspect rather than mm-hmm. the, the mobility or the flexibility. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so and, then, um, and and man, I don't. I'm just like bringing up random topics, but one thing is like, and I and I don't know, I know if I want to say sad, but it's like you know if you come to. Because I used to deal with athletes, not not always directly, because I was the general manager of the gym, so that I mean I was um, I did train some people, but I was more just kind of oversaw the gym, right? I I would do the intake, I would kind of screen them, I would I would pass them off to a trainer if if I needed to to do a deeper screen, but that being said, like, you know, the athletes come to you for a specific reason to get better at their sport, you know, to stay in shape, and and so this is why I like I don't imagine we're gonna get big into athletes, but I think the problem with an athlete is sometimes you you have to strip them down to like like sometimes they'll get worse at their sport before they can get better, you know because if they're using an improper movement their whole life and they got powerful at that movement but you but you know they have some uh, inactive core or, or inactive glute and it's like it's like do you and it's like hard to give them what they're trying to get is like they want to get better at their sport but if you're you have to break them down to the basics like they may might have to relearn some of these movements and they might not be as accurate or as powerful as a but i think for them long term it will be better but maybe that season is is shot so you kind of and this is only because i've dealt with athletes and their their needs right so it's kind of um when you're dealing specifically with an athlete it's kind of a difficult situation now general population no big deal right they're not using these muscles at work every day in a in a fashion that they need you know to score score like if you change something in a basketball player like he might start missing three pointers you know what i mean like you you start teaching him how to breathe differently he might just completely miss his shot so i don't i'm not really there yet um nor do i ever want to be i don't um i'm you know we're definitely targeting the average Joe, you know, the person that sits in front of the computer all day. But the like, I'm going off topic because these are just things that are on my mind that I do think about. I mean, there's no reason that we cannot teach posture awareness to athlete too. Yeah. The only issue is that it, I don't have a, a lot of experience with athlete either, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to approach that. The only yeah. thing I would probably think about how to work with an athlete is like see what works for them. And just help to correct some of their movement in order to prevent injury in the future. That's yeah. about it. Okay. For me, that that will be it for me. I don't have sport PT experience, so can't say much about that. Yeah, you know? I mean, people so, come for, to you for a specific reason, and then you can help cure that reason. And then what they do mm-hmm. in their sport is their own business kind of deal, right? Right. Yeah. 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 I got you. Um, but Peter, what what do you? Um, Peter, being the guy that had just like. Peter is our CEO because he's very good at what he does at, at you know, building companies, running businesses, making things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the, he's the guy that makes all the relationships, but Peter probably um, doesn't have as much uh, sports specific or, or um, fitness knowledge as we do. But Peter, what uh, I want to get your thoughts on if you were paying attention today, or if you can even still hear us, what kind of are your thoughts about what we talked about today? Um, 
Shit, sorry, I'm kind of driving right now. No, it's all good. Uh, Can you drive and talk? Uh, yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, it sounds it sounds good. Like I think we're onto something. Um, I was kind of excited earlier, but yeah. I, I didn't want to inter interrupt you guys. Sure, um, sure. shit, I, I lost my train of thought. Uh, so, no, so I was just asking you, um, I mean, did, uh, you, you were obviously already excited about, about our direction, but, um, do you, do you have any additional insight into what we're doing? Um, do you have any questions? Uh, do you, does, uh, so you, you talk about FMS. I, I didn't understand FMS. Okay. The FMS is a, um, a privately licensed, uh, screen it's more uh, screen doesn't make so much sense as in like series of tests that that uh, a personal trainer or a physical therapist would put you through um they they put you through different positions one of them is like a modified squat you know one of them is like stretch and touch your toes one of them kind of kind of looks like a one of them kind of looks like a uh a, what do you call it a plank like you do a bird dog it just measures um, your body in different ways to kind of see, uh, and from that screen or test, um, it, you score each position on a scale, and then and, and then you get a total score that kind of tells you where where you're at and um, how bad your body is or how good your body is or or uh, and it and it gives a trainer wow. or, or a therapist a, like kind of a relative idea of you know uh, is this can this guy do physical activity? Would I want to to let him go run and jump? Uh, or do do we need to fix some things in his body, his or her body, before we let them yeah. do anything? Um, oh, wow. At least that would be our purpose. Uh, for okay. me, for me, I like I think it's for me. It's like I think everybody needs to go through one, one at least once a year. Um, just yeah. just a, even somebody, Ooh. even someone that has f flown through flying past it, like like you know I've yeah. said this to you before, right? We're from the moment we're born, we're fighting gravity. We're in a life long yeah. battle with gravity and gravity always wins right so even if you pass it this year gravity's still pulling you down on your computer while you sit yeah. and while you're driving your car you're probably slouching like this and not sitting up like you should be right so gravity yeah. is always winning the battle so just because you passed the fms this year doesn't mean that you might do poorly the next year if you weren't actively right. you know um, working out and working on your body right. the right way yeah i see so this thing is um um, this FMS test, they don't do this in like public schools, right? They should, like, man. They really should. So, they, this this should dude, be done at every grade level, at every school. PE class should start with the FMS, man. That's, this is kind of the movement that I want to do in society. I want to – at the end of this movement, in 10 years, if we can see the FMS in every elementary school, man, we'll, we'll know that we have succeeded. King, King what are your thoughts on that, King? I think it will be a good idea because it's like – how, how do I say it? Like for, for me, you know, when I was going through PE in junior high, you know, it was really basic PE. We just run a mile or like we, we play this in sport. And the, the thing is they didn't, uh, they really expected us kids to run a mile, but they don't really train us for it. You know, like I love, I was looking back PE in the 1960s and like US, they, they were really intensive. Like if oh. you look at a PE over like a, a school in the 1960, all of them kids were fit. <laughs> you know, like I'm always I'm serious. Like, and this is just like your general like junior high or like high school PE too. We've gotten soft, I, King. We we, 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 we need we, to go we, back we, to the 1960s. We're we're trying yeah. to take America back to the 1960s. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> but I mean, I'm 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 just saying. Like, I feel like 
Devon Mass will probably be a very good like screening tool for for all grade level because like we need to teach kids who are not fit at an early age of what 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 movement that your body should be capable of. You know, like some of these kids, they never done these movements before. Mm-hmm. So they're alive, they they never really explored it, and you know, they just kind of stay the way they are. And I think that you know, the human body has so much more potential to explore. You know, oh, well, that's just my opinion. So. That, that's great. Um, that, that, that solidifies it. I think we need to like talk to, you know, like the department of whatever health or something or secretary, like who decides the curriculum for like a public school, you know, we gotta, we gotta Man. get this in the conversation. And that, that's, that's why you're the CEO, do. Peter, you, you, you think big and you think who, <laughs> who we can reach out to. You're the one saying freaking yes, Le- LeBron yeah. James should be our yep. first influencer. You're the one even thinking that we should. Oh, oh, oh we're going to get, Le- yeah. we're going to get LeBron. Eventually we're going to get LeBron. Just, just, just you wait and watch, man. Just you wait and watch. And, and that's why, you know, I, I came up with the name Posture Camp because I did want it to be appealing for kids. Um, and I don't think it's so much of a, a, a kid word that adults can't go to Posture Camp. You know, I did, I did in my mind, in my vision, I did see freaking little kids, toddlers, you know, elementary, junior high, high school, going to Posture Camp for six weeks in the summer, learning some posture and maybe that's all they need to, to be aware for the rest of their life. That's why I wanted to be at camp. It's not like posture for the rest. It, it, it actually is posture for the rest of your life. But if I call mm-hmm. the company posture for the rest of your life, man, I don't think anyone's going to go. <laughs> and you know what? We're, we're coming up on the hour. Do, do you guys have any closing remarks? No, this was really uh, yeah. I, I kind of have a question uh, yeah. for you, Omar. Sure, sure. Uh, I think I asked you this before. Like, did you self-diagnose yourself with autism, or like? Did you I, get I, it? I, I did, like man. Just literally last week. Um, oh, okay. For ten for ten years, man, I've been on a a very uh, deep exploration of of self awareness <laughs> and spirituality and personality, and I, I have a very um, a kind of like a nerdy interest in in personality to where i've i've been banned from almost every personality forum that exists online because <laughs> 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 just so i don't know i was just a natural troll not even like on purpose just like when i and because i used to think i had bipolar and i still might but i i'm going to explore the the whole autism asperger's before i revisit the bipolar because there's a lot of overlapping symptoms and I, th- I actually think I, I have both, if not one or the other. But um, a lot of the times that what gets me banned from the forums is it might be my bipolar. Like when I get in a manic mood, I just go troll online. And it's not even being mean. It's almost just being so annoying that like people just don't just rather not deal with me anymore and just, just freaking delete me from the Internet. Um, but, but to answer your question, man, yeah, it's a self-diagnosis. And, um, and, and in the last week, I've been uh actually trolling in a good way not in a bad way but like just joining and talking to people in a lot of asperger uh, online facebook groups i've been reading the literature and um and there and it's weird because like i think a lot of it is is your subjective experience with which no observer can know except for yourself and a lot of it is objective experience because you know for example my girlfriend will tell you with 100 percent certainty that i have bipolar where, where I myself just feel normal. And, and yeah, I can see that some of my actions are depressed or manic, right? But she will tell you 100% that this behavior is not normal and I can see the fluctuations. Where sometimes me, 
as as the subject I, I i'm not fully aware that like i'm bouncing up and down or that my behavior is erratic so so that uh i i, I would i would greatly love to go to a psychologist that is familiar with autism and do the battery of tests for now it's like more like um I don't, I don't have the money or the resources or insurance and if i did have some extra money that money goes i'll put it right into posture camp man i I don't I'm not looking for help really but more for answers to help me better um view things my entire life and and going forward it's just kind of know to know where you might be weak um but in like I I already like I don't believe in western medicine at all I I think the whole field of psychiatry is bullshit um I think the DSM should be burned like Fahrenheit 451 because it just hey look they call it ASD now autism spectrum disorder right how can you live life calling everything a disease and a disorder that must be cured how can you call something that happens to 5 to 10% of the population a disorder like i th i think a lot of these things that they call disorders are just characteristics that people have and i think it's the rigidity of society that makes life hard for some people like yeah man someone that's suffering from hardcore autism like yeah you could say that's a disorder but you can't just start off like looking for problems um that's what i'm finding in at least in western society uh i think in a i don't know a lot about asia or china but what i do know is that they're a lot more open minded as a society in that like some some of them like kind of revere crazy people in a weird way that like you know if you're like crazy out there people are like oh man i wish i could be like you with no care in the world and just do whatever the fuck you want you know they don't see these people as problem at least from what i know i don't like i i study western stuff more than i study eastern stuff but that's my take on it anyway i don't know if i answered your question but i gave you more than oh uh, yeah, yeah i was just curious yeah yeah about that but um no it was uh great talking to you guys about this project i think it has a very promising component um you know, and I'll, I'll do my best to uh, help with the project as much as I can. Awesome. You know, and so. so, 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 Kang, if I didn't mention this earlier, which I don't think uh, the the role that we kind of want Kang to to grow into in our company, you know, like we're, we're all doing shit on the ground. Right. So it's like, yeah, Peter is the CEO, but he's literally just like doing whatever needs to be done. Like literally, like if we're the janitor, we're literally like sweeping the floor right now. But Peter, he's going to grow into the CEO role. Um, I want to grow into more of a marketing role if I can, but I'll do whatever needs to be done right now. Kang, I would like to be the uh, like the director of programming or, or you know, I, you, you have the knowledge, right? And you're doing it every day. I, I, whatever the role is, the function is to oversee our programs um, and, and A, make sure we're not injuring anybody with the things that we want them to do, right? Because I, I don't have the classical knowledge. Um, I never read the books, which I, I, I think eventually I will want to read the books. But um, like the last thing I want to do is tell someone to flip the tire if your opinion is, hey, that tire is going to like break their back. You know what I mean? So I need you to be there just to kind of, you know, be the adult in the room and, and make sure that we're uh, doing everything safe in the right way. Um, and, and with that, uh, I would like to thank... The, I forget that we have an audience, which right now we don't, but potentially in the future we might actually have someone listening to this. So 
Um, for anyone that made it through the whole hour, you know, a, a thank you for staying, you know, even with me not having a shirt. I think my, my, my whole thing is that like, I think the con I want to let the content speak for itself. You know what I mean? I almost purposely want to break all the marketing rules. You know, I say shit and fuck. I don't wear a shirt. I'm a Gary V follower. If you guys know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, you know, Gary V very successful entrepreneur, investor, among other things. Um, but kind of just like he, he does him, you know, Gary V does him. So I'm a big, uh, I don't want to say I, f I follow him, you know, but not like religiously, but I, uh, I learn a lot from Gary V. And with that, I would like to thank the audience for, um, anyone that stuck with us all the way through. And, uh, we, uh, we really appreciate uh, anyone who's supporting us along the way. And, um, what can we offer them? Um, you know what? I, I will give anybody from me a, f a free one-hour personal training session just for having made it all the way through. I mean, that value is whatever you, you want to call it. It's, it could be worth, you know, a hundred or more dollars or more. Okay. So I will anybody that just comes say, Hey, I saw your show. I made it through the end. I want to claim that one hour free personal training. You got it, buddy. Any, any, any closing remarks? Oh, that's it. Thank you everybody for, um, tuning in. So, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll, roll the music. If I hey, everyone do something funny you, and stupid. I don't know what we're, we're I would do. Thought I could be single forever till I met you. Out. Out. All right, you, got, you guys are going to see us soon on TV. LeBron James is going to be telling you about Pasha Kent soon. Bye, everyone. All right, bye. Let's get it.